Welcome to the Out of the Bubble podcast. My name's Rachel Carew. Join me as I share a weekly dose of midlife inspiration, where you get to hear from amazing women who are embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way. Breaking down the midlife stereotypical barriers and proving it's never too late to find new passion and purpose. And to step out of your bubble. So what's stopping you? Welcome back to a new week on Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope you're all having a great week and enjoying the rest of your summer. I've been talking and connecting with so many different women this summer and that have really inspired me and they've made, have left me with lots of uh, food for thoughts, thought-provoking conversations, but generally that feeling of inspiration. And it's a word that we use so often, we hear it banded around everywhere, but actually I looked it up in the dictionary. And the object of inspiring is something that causes you to feel confident about yourself or eager to learn to do something. So I really hope, um, my main aim of this podcast is that the guests that I share with you do those things. They spark something in you that makes you want to go and learn more about it, something that you maybe want to learn more about, that you can make changes to your lifestyle, something that gives you a boost of confidence. So all these women have got amazing stories to share. And I love today's guest. It's something that I've connected again through social media. Um, And she really, I love her vibe. I love what she stands for. And She's living um, an amazing life in the south of France, but she's very candid, she's very authentic, and she shows you that it's just been a roller coaster. And you know, she has gone with that flow. She has had to make and adapt to some huge life changes in her 50s. And she is showing up as her true self and inspiring lots of other women to do themselves. So today we're talking to Honor Marks. Grab a coffee, enjoy, and imagine living in the south of France. So good morning to the gorgeous Honor this morning, on a bright and sunny morning in, in France. How are you doing this morning, Honor? Well, thank you for that. Oh, good morning to you. And I am hot and sweaty and dripping and it's not that pleasant. So I'm sitting here looking, but actually I'm really, really hot right now. Not a drop of rain since June. It's, it's pretty heavy going, actually. Yeah, well, I'm fine. Talk, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the, the joys of living in France, but obviously there is downsides to it. It's not all glamorous, but we'll get into that later, I am sure. But thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you are somebody that we've, we've connected fairly recently. And yeah. I love, I just, I love what you stand for. I love the work that you're doing and your whole vibe. So I knew how to get you on. And yeah, it's brilliant. So I start with all, the same question to all my guests. How would you describe yourself in three words and why? Well, that's really interesting, actually, because um, I you, you you had suggested I've seen your your podcast. So I know that's what you ask. And, you know, my first word that I would describe myself is actually is loyal. But when I mentioned that to some friends, I said, no, one, that you sound like a dog. Um, so that's not really what I want to sound like. Um, so I think I would describe myself as gregarious. Um, I, I, I'm. Yeah, it's, 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 I am quite confident. It's I do feel the fear, and I do feel the fear. It's not feel the fear and do it anyway. I, I actually do feel the fear, but you just got to kind of roll with it, right? Mm. That would be number one. Um, and number two would be resourceful um, because I was I had a big plot twist, curveball thing happen to me on my fiftieth, literally around my fiftieth birthday. And all of a sudden I had to do things completely differently. So um, I had two ways to go, either downwards or upwards. Um, I'm not very handy, um, but I'm very good at delegation, man management and um, finding solutions, networking, that sort of stuff. 
And the third one, um, probably if you were to ask people how they would describe me, bossy. Um, I I like to think that it's about sort of, well, it's going back to delegation really, isn't it? It's sort of, you know, telling people how to do it, but doing it nicely. But also I'm a little bit of a control freak. I like things done quite well, uh, particularly when I'm running my sheets. It has to be so, 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 so of course. But I, I, it's because I really want, my intentions are good. It's because I want everyone to have a really good time. So I am trying to be altruistic um, in my bossiness. So there's three, three and a half if you count my loyalty, because I think I am quite loyal. I think loyalty is a really good trait. I don't think it yeah. makes you sound like a dog at all. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. And before we get to the nitty gritty of life changes and curveballs, um, I suppose we need to start with a bit of a backstory, really, of, of how you've got to, to where you are now and where you live and what you do, just in case people don't know anything about you. Where would you start? Well, um, here I am, 57-year-old woman here living in the south of France, but that was never my dream. So my background is, if we roll, roll backwards, I come from Broadstairs in Kent. I lived in London um, when I was 20 on Woods for 20 years and then 15 years ago moved here. Um, and um, I, my background is always been sales, actually. I was a recruitment consultant, both in, well, in IT and banking. I didn't know a damn thing about IT or banking, couldn't understand what the hell those words meant, but it's all about the people. And I could always find the right person for the right company and the right company for the right person. That's why how I felt that was my skill set. And I did that for far too long, to be fair. And then after that, I kind of like realized when my bosses shafted me, actually, I made them all multimillionaires, but they didn't look after their people at all. Um, and I left and took a massive pay cut and went into selling IT solutions. No idea what I was talking about. And then actually doing something I really did enjoy selling loungewear, silk loungewear, um, which actually we designed, manufactured, retailed, wholesale. But I went into business with a best friend that I'd forgotten that we used to argue like cats and dogs when we were kids at school. And I went into business with her. So that probably wasn't the best thing to do. But I learned, I, I took a massive cut in salary, like a 100% cut in salary, literally. But I, and lived off savings, but I enjoyed and look, my, my learning curve went up. So I feel that yeah, it filled out all the other bits and pieces that I hadn't uh, done because I've been so long in recruitment. Yeah. Never went to university, but I did go backpacking when I was in my late 20s to Central and South America. Got held up by gunpoint. Oh. I used to run a kissogram company when I was 19. My father was hugely embarrassed about that. And it was only a kiss on the cheek. Nothing, nothing more untoward, I assure you. And I used to love dancing. I was in Mildred Campbell's Rainbow Troupe. Very, very unfamous, but I just love those words. Mildred Campbell's Rainbow Troop makes me laugh. Um, tap, twist, tap, shuffle, still can do it, still got it. Uh, except now I dance like a dad. I actually dance like a dad. <laughs> Moved to France. That wasn't my dream. It was my ex-husband's dream. He wanted to shake the family up, move from our beautiful, my beautiful house in London, in Battersea, um, and do something uh, creative. And I thought, well, okay, he supported me doing whilst I was doing the silk business, uh, emotionally, not necessarily financially. Um, and uh, so we sold up and moved to France. It, and it was difficult for me because I was giving up my beautiful home, uh, friends, and leaving my widowed mom, which kind of broke my heart a, yeah. a bit, really. But we chose the south of France because ultimately it's not that far away. And Aside from a pandemic or an ash cloud, you can actually drive to the south of France in a day. So I could be home to my mum really quickly. 
but the south of France because of sunshine. So that it was his dream, not mine. But here we are, and um, I made the most of it. And now, you know, I'm fully embracing it, obviously. Here I am. So, so how old were you at that point when you first moved there? I was, uh, if I'm 57 now, I was about 42. Right. 42. Okay. So, well, yeah. It is a huge move. And like, like you say, now you've really fully embraced it and you love your That's life there. Absolutely. <laughs> what was lovely uh, in, in a respect was my daughter was four at the time, four and a half. And she's fully bilingual now, and she speaks English with an English accent, French with a French accent, um, and she's been educated in France. We are actually applying for our French nationality, the two of us, so that we can have dual citizenship, because I want her to be European. Yeah. Let's not yeah. go there. Um, but, I, you know, that's really important to me. Um, I love the fact that we are in Europe, and I wanted us to always be able to be in Europe. So uh, that might be a contentious subject, but, um, um, yeah. Uh, that was a very very good bonus bringing her here at that age well what did you learn about yourself in those first kind of few years there starting afresh really starting at a, did you could you speak French before you went there I had done French at a level which is obviously right. a long time ago and I had had a few private French lessons when I got here and not immediately but I did go to have French lessons um I, but I mean we just you know we it don't, we had Babelfish or something Google Translate wasn't really kind of trendy at the time but there was something but I managed to get by I did my ex did well he's a builder so he did all the building work but I was his his building bitch mm-hmm. um and I was also you know looked after our daughter and I did all the admin and I did everything around it everything else around it but I did a lot of pointing as well I don't mean that kind of pointing the delegation which I'm quite good at as discussed earlier but also the pointing of the brick walls and things like that which fell behind me um and I learned it was a very difficult year the first year the first year was transitional for anyone looking to move it is hard that first year and getting you know to grips with it all but once we found our property and I could start nesting and kind of creating and it was I learned I did learn new skills you learn to be resourceful again I'd always worked in in the city in London in high hills and you know shoulder pads and you know, worked in that kind of corporate environment. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm wearing Wellington boots and a pair of shorts and I've got cement on my nose. Um, I wish Instagram had been around in those days because my, you know, the renovation project would have been one of those accounts that, you know, people, we did actually write a blog, actually, um, which I stopped writing when in 2012, once my, when my mum died because I lost my mojo. But um, so people were following us on the blog and I remember having our very first sheet guest in one of our sheets that a week before they'd been following us on the blog and all they'd seen was timber frames and nothing. And they'd booked this holiday. And when he turned up grinning kind of like worriedly because he'd been following our blog, uh, we had finished it one hour and 17 minutes before they arrived or wow, something like that. Done. Really close. So we learned about deadlines. I also, I, I kind of had this attitude and it's, a, and I'm taking it forward. It's like, Build it and they will come, or or, or fake, not fake it till you make it. But I used to put pictures of of what I thought I'd decorate sort of or dress my existing bedroom in the house to say to sheet guests, "This is what your sheet's going to look like. Have faith in me, because it's going to look like this." And they booked the sheets on the basis of that. But I was always honest, always transparent. But it's kind of like this is what it's going to be. So you, and then we got the bookings in and then finished it. So make something happen or do it and then do the work afterwards, if you know what I mean. You need deadlines in life, I think. Yeah, it seems to me that that's been kind of, that's really been one of your strengths through all of this. And 
and you kind of thought that your life that was it you were all in a comfortable position and, and things were going well and then what happened kind of around your 50th because life changed dramatically didn't it it did it did it did I mean to be honest if I'm really really honest I actually knew that my marriage wasn't great if I'm honest but I'm one of these sort of people that failure is an option I've sold up I've moved everywhere I've lived in France all my family there I've got yes I have friends here but it's got to work it's got to work and I really tried hard but um around literally just about four days after my 50th we went on our um a holiday of a lifetime I planned it we were going to Vietnam and literally six days into it he told me it was over uh and I'm there I am in this country with our uh 12 year old daughter um and it's a difficult country Vietnam it's not an easy country and my in my my world exploded and we sort of somehow managed to carry on that holiday not letting our daughter know what was going on but my, I was crumbling inside yeah, sending emails to people telling them what happened and then actually unfortunately the day I got back I found out that actually there had been somebody else involved albeit that she lived in the UK and maybe they had had a real sort of um physical relationship mm-hmm. but there was a there was a connection and he had written, and I noticed, I found out, I don't ever look at other people's emails, but at this time I was desperate. Yes. So I checked an email of his because I had I could because we were married and we, we had no secrets, I didn't think. And I saw that he'd, on my actual birthday, my 50th birthday, he'd written to his friend saying he was going to split up with me in Vietnam. And it's like, you, you, you cannot know, or of course you can know, people can know, only, you know people that have gone through that can completely understand how devastating that is my carpet was pulled from underneath my feet and I just didn't know what to do my knee-jerk reaction was that's it sell the house go back to England go back to England my mum had died but I had two brothers there friends there you know it's it's within my comfort zone the UK here it's still you know my French is not bad but it's not my first language um but you know what Holly was settled in school um and we had built this business up and it was beginning to flourish the jeep business um and i i thought well no i've, I've got to I, I can't just keep i can't run back then what 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 then um so i just kept going and you, know, you again up, well, there's two ways up or down it's easy isn't it but actually it's easier to go up than it is to go down really yeah. it is and it's actually it's really interesting i was talking to um somebody the other day about this about taking responsibility for your for your own actions and you have a choice at that point don't you, you do have a choice yeah. of what you're going to do and it's about suddenly taking responsibility for that and taking action on it and yes that could be really scary and hard to do can't it yeah. and also you know my daughter Holly her life had been you know blown apart already I didn't need yeah. to make it any more difficult the consistency of school was important for her it was very very hard and you know I don't that year was the, one of the worst years of my life but I and I wouldn't wish it on anybody but um you know, you just get to you, one step at a time, one day at a time, one breath at a time. Yeah, yeah. I used to have a thing that sat on my bed that said, this soon shall pass. Yes. Just to remind me, just, yeah. to, just, just to get through each day and know that yeah. you're heading in the right direction. And it's look not, it's now, not, you're flourishing yes. now. Well, thank you. It's not over. I mean, I am, whilst I'm divorced, unfortunately, we have a massive financial battle on our hands. And that's another story for another day because I'm going through it right now, so I don't speak too much yes. about it. But it isn't pleasant I still have a massive elephant in my room right now but um and I refer to it occasionally um I, again I, I don't want to pretend that all is rosy 
I'm very honest about it, but um, there's, I, I, I compartmentalize it and try not to let it live, ruin my day to day. And again, I live that day. I live, I try to live my best life. And then I will try to manage things that are in my control and things that are outside of my control. There's nothing I can do about it. And are you, are you kind of, how are you on your menopause journey with all this as well? Because you've got all this going on, you've had all this going on, but also you've had the physical changes of the menopause and what that does to your brain. How, what kind of impact has that had on you? Well, um, I, I think I've, I've sailed or I am sailing through menopause reasonably well. I do have the four o'clock wakey-uppies. Mm. Um, I have a terrible memory, but I think I've always had a terrible memory. I did go to the doctor a few years ago and said, I, I, my memory is terrible. Uh, I'm really worried I have Alzheimer's because my dad had it, my mother's mother had it, and my mum had vascular dementia after a stroke. They both had strokes. And, you know, it's worrying. Um, he made me do all these little exercises, which I managed to do. And uh, and then we discussed my age and thought, well, hang on, it's probably menopause. Mm. So, yes, I am the typical go up the stairs to do something and forget what the hell I went up there for, you know. But I know I'm not alone. What I love about sort of social media is that I really know I'm not alone. That's such a major thing. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly suffer from hot flashes, but right now I am. But that's nothing to do with a hot flush. That's just 38 degrees of humidity here. Um, and what else? Can't remember. There you go. There's a symptom. Can't remember. Um, like, like you said, it's that feeling of knowing that you're not alone. There is social media is fantastic for that. It, for it for really our is. age group at the moment, there's a real sense of community, isn't there? Which uh, is really I think really so. Great. I think so. And people like you and me and others are really, really helping that as well. I have remembered one other thing: the weight. Now, fair enough. I eat as much as I always did, and I'm at the moment not doing any exercise because it's too hot. But uh, I do do a bit. But uh, your rib, your body does change, and I'm trying on all these dresses breasts have just got huge and my rib cage has definitely got wider because there's, there's not fat here so it's got to be you know, that hate that we have to go shopping again for more <laughs> but you know the, the, the stuff that you post on, on instagram i love it's i love your vibe i love the way that you present yourself you you really come across authentically and i do think the more we do that and the more we show up as ourselves completely owning it then the more we can inspire other women to be comfortable at this stage of life because it's, it's, it's hard for some people to adapt to that change, isn't it? I think so. And, um, you know, I know you do it too. Um, I put, when I interviewed you recently, I put a picture of you and me in our bikinis. And I've done a few, I've done quite a few things in bikinis. And I've had so many DMs from women saying, thank you so much. I've put on a bikini. I had a guest here in my sheets who literally said, thanks to you, I've just put on a bikini for eight, first time in 18 years. So, you know, it's because we, so it's all about social pressure and, um, you know, we used to have Grazia magazine that kind of did our heads in and now we have Instagram and all sorts of other platforms that do our heads in that you have to, and filters and all this awful stuff and that make us think we're not good enough. You have to look like that. One other thing, which is a big, big um, bit of a thing for me is, I, I you know, Botox, all that kind of stuff because people seem to think we have to look young all the time. It's actually okay to get older and you can put as much Botox in your face or whatever but you're still going to get older so what can you do about it you have to embrace it you just have to embrace it we're going to get old we're going to die you know and you can put all the stuff in your face or do all this I mean yes I do dye my hair and put on makeup to enhance myself but trust me you'll be thankful for that when you watch that later but um you know all the other stuff and trying and putting trying to be something just be who you are and love who you are because the most I think sexiest or loveliest thing in the world is that inner 
confidence of just knowing who you are. Yeah, absolutely, because it shines through that inner confidence. Yeah. And talking of social media, you know, you've, you've kind of had another blip um, as, uh, that you couldn't really control is when, when the pandemic came along, COVID obviously, business kind of oh. stopped because people couldn't travel. So okay. so then what do you do? You know, what, what kind of, what direction do you go in? That was a real curveball, but what did you do? What did I do? Well, actually, funny enough, I have got an amazing uh, coach. Um, I, her name is Janie Holiday. Uh, she's been my coach for many, many years in terms of fitness um, and health and food and nutrition and mindset. She got me, helped me get me through my divorce with the mindset and also now business mindset. She's, she's evolved and I've evolved with her. And I remember when all my bookings were tumbling down and I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? It wasn't just the money. It's what am I going to do with my time? Holly and I are locked in here for however long. She had to finish a baccalaureate online. And I thought I need to do something. And I said to uh, Janie and a few of the girls in the group, what do I do? And they said, well, we like your Instagram. Why don't you show other people how to do it? And at that point, I was getting quite majority of my bookings for my sheets through Instagram because I showcased the area and stuff like that. And I, I did have a huge imposter syndrome. Well, hang on, there's loads of coaches out there. I'm not qualified uh, in terms of I haven't done any courses. My I sure there are any, were any courses then for Instagram? Um, I'm not sure. Um, but um, anyway, I had all these years and years of experience. And I suppose, you know, again, the kind of confidence. So I started coaching people in that. And that's evolved as well. And it, to be honest, it, it was pin money, really, because I didn't charge hardly anything because I didn't believe I could, although I have to buy prices up soon. Um, but I, it filled my time. But the most important thing, Rachel, was that it was being a role model to my daughter as well. I didn't want my, at that stage, 17-year-old daughter to see mummy crumble um, again. Uh, and I, had to, I wanted to show her that we just, we just pull up our big girl pants, don't we, and get on with it. So it was being that role model. That was really important to me. It's really interesting you just said then about... Um not charging as much because you, you didn't believe you could it is it takes work doesn't it to get to that point where you can really put yourself at a point where you you value the work that you're doing yeah. and you've got the confidence to go with that is that increasing the older you get do you feel more confident so. too I, I think it is I think it is I mean you know when when you get to to my age our age you know in the 50s how many years experience have we got and I remember um as a recruitment consultant and it was actually I stole it from a quote from a it was a actually it's some what's his name the chap who did um oh, who played Alfie very famous actor anyway Michael Caine. Michael Caine thank you and I've used this in my business as well where Michael Caine um got a film and the, literally went to his agent said get me a film agent picked up a phone got him a film got him several million he charged however I know, two million pounds commission for his work and Michael Caine said how can you charge that much for one phone call and the agent said it's the 20 years of knowing which phone calls to make to, that got me that one phone call and I remember the same I did this with a, a, a client I'd sent them literally I think one CV and that one CV they interviewed that person that person got the job and when I put my bill in she goes how can you charge me 20% of his first year annual salary I said because I knew which one CV to send you I didn't you know waste your time it's a bit like that we have I have spent I've been working on an hospital since I was 14, really, as a waitress and further on. I have done so many things. I've met so many people. I do know what I'm talking about now. And I do have that gravitas. I think we all do. It's not just me. When you get to our age, so people forget that. But we've yeah. done a lot. Even if you just, 
um, you know, done one job only, or you were a, a mom or whatever. That's a job, and within that job, there's so many skills that you you accrue. Um, and I have had a lot of jobs in the re- real world. Work while look, can't get my words out. You know, real wide world. There you go. Um, and that gives you. I don't need a degree to do social media coaching. You know, I don't need anything. You know, we're very highly employable. Us, our age group. That's the thing that's most frustrating, I think, for me is is the lack of representation for our for our age group and the fact that we've got such an amazing skill set for society and it's still not valued. And it's so frustrating to get past that. And I guess it's again because it's a male orientated society and it's we've still got a long way to go. Haven't we? Oh my goodness! And sometimes I look at this world and I think we're going backwards. So it freaking frightens me. But I mean, I know you're really good at that. But I, I yes, again, and I know you put a post the other day, but I just this morning scrolling through spending too much time on my phone scrolling through there was an advert for anti-wrinkle it was on an 18 year old that is so are they stupid but you know we have got to stop buying those creams and those products as well you know we really really do and I I I really refuse I don't want to buy a product that says anti-wrinkle and if they use a 20 or 30 year old model you know we have got to stop that as well yeah Absolutely. It's interesting. Alex Light, I don't know if you follow Alex Light on Instagram, but she's, yes. she's a young lady. She's done a post recently this week um, and she's listed all the people that are behind the diet industry and they're all men. And we've got to stop paying them because they're just yes. making billions off our own insecurities that they created in the first place. I, I remember I spent, I lost eight pounds on a book I, um, I, uh, I bought about high cholesterol diet. The eight pounds was the actual eight quid I spent on the book. I didn't actually lose any weight. And ironically, the bloke who wrote that book, very famous, can't remember his name. Um, he died of a heart attack. Hello. Uh. It was a high fat diet. Hello. So, you know, but we enable that. So we've got to stop enabling that. Stop buying those stupid books. Just eat sensibly and move more, she says. Yes. Yeah, but both of us this week. <laughs> but I know you're going to the beach and you do a lot of swimming, don't you? So it's about finding the things that bring you joy as well, isn't it? I don't do as much swimming as, as one would might think, actually. Splashing, I think, will find. Um, <laughs> but uh, I go through phases. Walking is my thing. But in the winter now, I it's just this weather. It's just ridiculous. Um, so, yes, I, I will be going so- to just for out of intrigue, really, because, um, you know, people think about how it ex- how kind of beautiful it must be to live in the south of France and what kind of lifestyle you have. But what's a kind of typical day for you? Well, I am very spoiled at the moment because I have somebody helping me. I found her on Instagram, actually, and she came to help me doing a, a, a retreat I held in March. And she was so amazing. Uh, and I had to do packed lunches and she baked cakes. That was good. Uh, but I said, can you come if you'd like to come back? And she runs a B&B and she's put her B&B as a kind of a house let and come to help me. Before I get out of bed, even in the morning, she's done so many things for me. But a typical day for somebody, and it could be me, it would be, you know, getting that swimming pool ready for the guests and making sure the outside area looks lovely and hanging out, washing and all that kind of household stuff as well. And um, I have to say... That during the week in high season, actually, it is pretty free. Once we've done lots of morning chores, um, I mean, it would be normally watering gardens and weeding and stuff, but everything's dead at the minute, and I don't really want to water anything because I think that's it's kind of a bit irresponsible to yeah. use at the moment. Um, but once all the chores are done, our days are free. It's the weekends where it gets a bit crazy with changeover, and it is hard work. 
Where it can be a little bit traumatic is I'm running this business on my own. Yes, I do have help and delegate and, and you know, I, I have to get people in, but I'm running it on my own. When I was running it with my ex, we were a team. He was a builder, so anything went wrong, got fixed immediately. Now I just panic, have a churny, churny stomach and then think, OK, but make a phone call. Let's get on with this. Find somebody after the initial churn. Um, and you know, if things and things do go wrong, I mean, I've had hot water tanks stop working during season. I am extremely lucky, I get really lovely guests, um, and therefore, those guests are generally understanding yeah. because they're decent people. I, you, you can, I think, you attract, and obviously, the prices might indicate, the location indicates, the type of holiday indicates, the kind of person that respects. And they understand when things go wrong. So I've never really had any problems with guests, but it is still a way. And running a business on your own is very lonely. Making all those decisions is hard. I have got a lovely French boyfriend, but it's not his business, it's mine. I have to make all the decisions on my own and it's difficult. And that is where the weight happens. It does get very heavy sometimes when things go wrong and making decisions about quite big things. And, you know, the grass is not greener here. In fact, it's actually very brown right now. But literally, you have the same dog shit on both sides of the fence. You really do. So people think, oh, she's living the dream. And I have done a series of reels recently where I'm kind of, you know, there I am. Look, look there's me in the swimming pool floating along while somebody else is doing all the work. I mean, you know, that might have been true for that particular day. But, you know, it's not like that. There's still that. There's still loads of stuff to deal with. French bureaucracy, taxes, social charges. Trust me. I do get a lot of people saying, I want to move out of here. I want to move out of here. Do it, but talk to me first. Yeah. We're going to have that conversation because that's all okay. Because I have had a house in France. I used to have a house in La Rochelle with my previous marriage and I loved that lifestyle. And my dad and France have lived in France for 30 years. So um, it's on my radar. So we will have that conversation at some yes. point or I shall be tapping you up. <laughs> but you need to get down here and do it over glass of wine I think probably uh, that sounds like a plan to me yes yeah. Yeah. yeah and let's talk about finding love later in life as well how's that how's that kind of experience been is that something that you're really enjoying has it been an easy kind of you know what yes I mean I at 50 you think oh my god now what you know the world has changed I didn't meet my ex actually till quite late I was 36 when I met him mm -hmm. um so you know I had done a lot of sort of other relationships play you know having yeah. fun out there before I met him but I thought this was it I thought that would be it forever so all of a sudden you're grieving for the future your future you're not going to have mm -hmm. you know and it's like oh my god and I'm 50 you know uh, who's going to be interested in you in a 50 year old plus you look around on the internet and I mean god have you ever gone online oh yeah I mean I don't, that sounds really really rude but my god um, and all they're all salacious and sort of you know all into sort of sex stuff and stuff like that it's just horrible but um the one actual silver lining is actually I did lose a lot of weight uh during the stress of the uh separation and um actually kind of felt rather good and my first fling was with a 36 year old bodybuilder so that was quite good yeah. um but actually I did go online and um he will uh, deny that that he was looking for anything. Fred, his name is. He is actually a web developer, and he and I know nobody's going to believe this, but you've got to speak to him to believe it. But he says he was literally on there uh, because he was just testing out applications as a web developer. He says, but right. he didn't need. He just come out of a fourteen-year relationship. He certainly didn't want one, and 
he did you know he didn't he's a nice looking chap he didn't need to, to you know he and he's local so he knew people yeah. but he he and he put a dreadful picture of himself up there because he wasn't looking what attracted me to him was the fact that he had two Pyrenean mountain dogs and I had a, at the time a Pyrenean mountain dog so anyone who liked Pyrenean, Pyrenean mountain dogs they're already my friend and then I swiped and he had a London black cab oh my god I have so many fond memories of London black cabs and then I swiped and he had a white Rolls Royce which you know I'm not that bothered about but he obviously liked English things and uh, we started chatting for absolutely ages because ultimately I wasn't going to I let anyone come into my home all to my life when I had a, a now 13 year old daughter um you know it had to be if I was going to take it anyway I had to be absolutely sure yeah. But not once did he, we had lovely conversations, but not once did he flirt with me. There was no salaciousness. There was nothing. In the end, I had to ask him if he was gay because it couldn't possibly be me. <laughs> so um, he laughed and he told me that he wasn't gay. Uh, but yes, if we'd like to meet for lunch, we could. So he was very, he wasn't really interested. He wasn't looking for anything. He just was playing with the platform. So we met for lunch. For him, it was a coupe de foudre, he says. Love at first sight. For me, it took a little longer. but. Um, but there you go, it's a slow burn, but it, it works. So, you know, yes. You, and I have to say that he is the man I should have probably met all those years ago. I wouldn't have my daughter, but he is the man. Yeah. Yeah, Although. That. That's just such a oh, great. Kind of, everything. Yeah, that's a, such a great positive story about being online because I, I met yes. Mark, my husband, on, on Match.com as well. And, there you and go. We, we had an amazing conversation one night and didn't talk. We did kind of. Um, I was in Yorkshire with three kids. He was in London. I was like, this is just not going to work. But we talked on Facebook for six months and then finally met. And then it was that, that was it. I just knew. So I think it's a women need to not be frightened to go out there. Yes, it I is. Think, there are lots of pitfalls and there are lots of dodgy people out there. But equally, there are some really good ones. I think so. Did you move to Yorkshire? Or did he come down? He came. He came to. Um, yeah. So he actually he worked in London and came home at weekends for quite a long time until COVID really. Um, yeah. and now he's here full time so yeah oh that's nice we nice. so don't live together by the way I do think I do wonder if that is why it works so well um as well but he lives nearly two hours away he comes most weekends every weekend actually but uh we don't live together and I think because I still my daughter's gone to university but she comes back quite often I've still got, and I've got my jeep business here yeah. it's much hotter where I live than where he lives he, he prefers winter I prefer summer so it works well as well so um well, but we don't, who knows what will happen in the future and I also say don't take things for granted I think you know yeah. you know you get into this kind of I just don't think we can take things for granted we don't know what's around the corner yeah and I'm guessing through all of this this sense of community with other women has been a massive help for you getting through the, the kind of the, the the lows as well as the highs and that seems to be something that you're really passionate about a community and obviously you, you mentioned about retreats that you, you do at the G so what, what do they look like? Well, I'm hosting uh, my very first on my own. I've, I've kind of facilitated retreats before, yoga retreats, yeah. angel retreats, um, uh, or different kinds of retreats. But this one will be one I'm hosting. It's called the Magical Midlife Retreat. And, but, we, but there will be wine. Of, uh, I do live in the largest wine-producing region in the world. It would be um, rude not to. Yeah, it would be rude not to. But I've kind of put an itinerary together. It is fully booked. And I'm hoping to do more and more. But I, what I... Um, Want, would love to do is collaborate with people like you actually and all other people and have themes and do different themes this one we're going to be doing there's going to be a reiki person that will come and do massages and sort of breathing exercises but we're doing a, a food 
and wine pairing, cookery day as well. Oh, we'll go for brilliant. beautiful hikes. But well, I, I did an informal retreat earlier this year. I organised something and a whole bunch of women came together. And we, around the dinner table, when women talk, you can open up. Almost when it's a stranger, you kind of open up more. And it's cathartic. And people... And I also think there's a good energy around here. I'm told so often, I'm not really into all that stuff, if I'm honest, the woo-woo stuff, but people tell me there's good energy here. They just come here and, and they, they can let it all out and they and, and leave slightly more energised, motivated, their mojo's found. And I think, you know, when women come together, magical things do happen. Yeah. I'm a great supporter of small businesses. I'm a small business. I appreciate every support bit I get, every bit of share, every like, everything. And I would do the same. And I do do the same like you. I interview women in small businesses or women who've inspired me because if they've inspired me, they're going to inspire other people too. Surround yourself. I had a boss who was a bit of a boss. I don't know if you can say that on the podcast. Uh, But uh, you can edit that bit out if you can't say it. Um, You can't inspire by me. One good thing he once said to me was, um, you know, when you build a team, surround yourself by excellence and you will be excellent. And I've, you know, you do that with your friends, you do that with people. So, you know, get get around people that, you know, like-minded people. And it doesn't mean, they may not be in the same place where you are now, but they will be. If they surround themselves with people like you, they're going to be. And you surround yourself, you know, just get all these people around you and good things happen, I think. Yeah, it's creating yes, a ripple effect, isn't it? Say again? Creating a ripple effect. Absolutely, absolutely that. So, yes. So what's next for you? You right. seem to be, it seems to be that you've got, you know, lots of ambition and drive and, um, you know, there's no stopping you now. So, so what's next? What are your ambitions and dreams for the future? Well, the thing is, I, just, I, I don't really know what I want to be when I grow up. I've never known what I want to be when I grow up. I don't know when I'm going to grow up. But the, I do have as much energy, if not more than ever, in a way. And again, my business mentor, coach, Janie, she's been saying to me for years, Honor, you should be doing something online. I did have a, a side hustle years ago of doing decluttering life laundry. I've actually got a website called lifelaundress.com, actually, still. And I love that. But it's not just the physical getting stuff out of your life the, and simplifying and organizing. It's the, the mental and emotional effect it has as well. So I'm always kind of like thinking of how I, I, I know she said I should have put that online, but I just couldn't get my head around it. So we were kind of discussing what can I do online more? Because, you know, who knows, a pandemic might happen again. Yeah. But she said, one of the things that you are good at, Honor, is networking and bringing people together. And I do love bringing people together, introducing them to each other, what have you. And so I'm thinking, well, not thinking, I am going to build a membership community and it would be a paid membership community where um i hope people will come together in my facebook group and uh but i will bring together um amazing people like yourself to come and do guest speaking yeah. guest talks rather um and you know and it could be everything that a midlife woman needs or doesn't even know she needs in her life um and there will be sort of q and a's and all sorts of things but a community so that's what I want to do. I want to build a midlife community of people and bring really good people together. And everybody, and I'm always looking for guest speakers, future guest speakers, um, who also have a business to promote themselves so they can come and do a talk. It's not a sales talk, but it will be a uh, you know a good TED talk sort of thing or Q&A. 
and but in but they'll be promoting their opportunities as well so we're bringing all these people together so every it's a win-win for everybody really yeah. it's a safe place it's a safe place for women to come to where they can you know literally just let it all out, hang out if they want yeah. to and I would like to also do that in physical retreats as well more and more of those yeah well, it sounds like you're going to have your hands full, and um, I have no doubt it's going to be a success because you. Well, I, I, I still have to map it out a bit, but yes, yeah. Thank well, you. How can people find out about you, Anna? Where can they I think, go about the I, retreats, about the Gs, and also about your personal stuff? I think the best place is my Instagram account. To be honest, I am. Mm. You know, it used to be called Maison de la Roche for my Gs, but I've evolved and I changed it about a year and a half ago to, or two years ago to Honestly with Honor. Honestly, because I do lots of interviews as well and it's all about honesty and and, and you know, being honest and um and also because I'm quite honest and, and I like to think I am authentic um so it's evolved and I talk about my jeets there and occasionally about the Instagram coaching less so recently because I've been focusing on the jeets but yeah. I will be building up that kind of and I talk about confidence there as well so I think honesty with honor on Instagram is the correct place to find me and send me a dm and I will get back to you straight away. I'm quite good at getting back straight away. Yeah, brilliant. I will uh, share that with me in the show notes. And my yeah. last question that I ask all my guests, because I'm trying to encourage women to to accept and be more complimentary about themselves. If you could pay yourself a compliment, what would it be? I like to think I am a great, like you, a great advocate for supporting women, supporting other women in business or in midlife or just in general. I I, I think that's, quite good at that and um I don't really know actually I'm a bikini wearing champion I let it all hang out it's like you know again it's a a mantra that my business coach or my mindset coach sort of taught me what other people think of me is none of my business and as long as we can keep it's very much a well-used line now but you know um I like to think that I I'll tell you a little story a little anecdote when I uh, was at secondary school, there was a girl called Sharon Kennedy. Sharon Kennedy, if you're out there listening, I want to hear from you. Uh, she taught me everything, and I mean everything, Rachel. I didn't know half the stuff happened. Anyway, one of the things, she didn't care. She had a no-care attitude. I loved her. And one thing she would used to say was, well, they're not paying for my dinner. That's what I want to say. So I, that, is that, uh, you know, the question you asked is a compliment. I've kind of put lots of words in that. But it's sort of like, well... I have a kind of a don't care. I mean, I do care, don't get me wrong, but it's it's kind of be, you know, I am confident within myself. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not allowing other people's judgments to get into that headspace, which is really important. Yeah. Honestly, I'm so glad that you and I have connected, but I'm sure we will have lots more conversations to come. I hope so. Um, yeah, I've already been having little little moments whilst you've been talking, thinking, right, I must talk to Honor about that. <laughs> so, absolutely. yeah, thank you so much. Well, um, thank you. I'm, I'm going to the rest of the day at the beach. I'm going to the beach. Yes, I shall think about of you when I'm lying there. And, um, but thank you yes. so much. I'm really, really flattered to be invited on this podcast. No, pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Another great conversation. Um, and Anna just leaves me. She's one of these people that always leaves me smiling. I really enjoy talking to, to Anna and following her on social media. So go and look her up and I'll share all the links as well. If you would like to make some changes and you, you want to know more about what it's like living in France, go and follow Honor because she's a great place to start. And I'm sure that Honor and I are going to be having lots of conversations about future collaborations. Um, she's definitely somebody that's in my radar now. So 
lots to think about and it's interesting that she was talking about wearing bikinis on holiday and I'm letting it all kind of hang out and be herself and at the moment I'm connecting um, with lots of women through a midlife body confidence survey and I would love for you to take part in it. The more women I can reach with this survey, the more conversations I hopefully I can create with, with the press, with brands um, and to just show how that midlife women are so often left out of this body confidence conversation. So at the moment I've got 180 women so far have completed the survey. It takes a few minutes out of your time. But if you have the time, I will leave the links in the notes. Go follow me on social media, it's in my link tree, but I would love for you to complete it. If you are over 40 and you are a woman and you would like to fill in a survey about midlife body confidence, please go and do it for me. It would be amazing. The more women we can reach, um, then obviously it will be fantastic to get those results in and I will be sharing them next month. I will be back in a fortnight, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join a fabulous group of women in my free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group, where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their own midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. You can also come and say hello on Instagram, at Rachel Peru-Ron. I'd love to know how you intend, or how you are already, stepping out of your bubble in 2022. If you're loving the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. I'll be back next week with some more inspiration, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous.